Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. Welcome, everybody. We got a jam packed show for you today. We're talking NFL trade deadline. We got Chiefs versus Packers. But uh, first, let's just take stock of uh, around the Kansas City sports area. All right, let's get the ball rolling with college football. Mizzou suffered an embarrassing loss to Kentucky. The final score ended up being 29 to 7, dropping a Mizzou squad that was ranked in the top 25 and in first place in the SEC East to irrelevancy. Mizzou's schedule doesn't get any easier as their next two opponents, Georgia and Florida, are ranked in the top 10. Kansas football has been surging lately, however, as they took down Texas Tech this weekend by a score of 37-34. to The Jayhawks have been competitive as of late, having narrowly lost to a Texas Longhorn squad the week before. They look to play spoiler this week, playing their in-state rivals, number 22-ranked K-State. Let's shift gears to hockey, where the St. Louis Blues are going to have to defend their Stanley Cup title without Vladimir Tarasenko, the Blue Stars' Star underwent a shoulder surgery that will sideline him for an estimated five months. That means he could potentially return in April for a playoff run, assuming the team is able to make it to the postseason. That's rough. The Tarasenko news, you know, the Blues coming off. I mean, they still have have a good shot. I mean, they're not completely talent devoid. They overcame some of this stuff last year, but just an emotional leader like Tarasenko, let alone the talent he has, it's going to be tough to overcome. But if they make the playoffs, they get a a key player back, so that's going to help them a lot. Yep. Let's talk about Mizzou a little bit here. We're both, you know, we, we live in Columbia. We're Mizzou guys. I'm an alum. You're an almost alum. Almost, yeah. What's going on here? Um, we're not a good road team. Yeah. And are we a good team anymore? Like, uh, I think what's frustrating for me is our offense was supposed to be really good with a good young receiving core. Yes. A transfer QB who was – like a huge deal, huge you know? deal. The buzz um, around Columbia was insane when Kelly Bryant picked here. Um, and we just had the offense. It's really been the offense. The defense has been good, even though it hasn't been as good since Garrett Cole went down. Or Kel Garrett. Or Kel Garrett, right? Yeah. Um, you you got a baseball in the mind. Do, yeah. <laughs> no the World I, Series is. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean, Kel Garrett. No, but you're right. Uh, and the, the offense has just been bad. It has. Can't move the ball. I mean, Kelly Bryant isn't been hasn't been accurate. I think okay, I'm watching it, and it's just we we come out on fire. I mean, not on fire. We we lose the first week. That's going to be our inexplicable inexplicable loss of the year. That that Wyoming loss, right? Go on a tear. I know we had some easy games like Troy and and Semo, but then we just we get to a six and one mark after just destroying a couple of teams like South Carolina. I think it scores thirty one fourteen. It was around there, we which. Get, wasn't an easy opponent, especially because they beat Georgia, yeah. you know, at Georgia. So, so we're thinking, okay, we're six and one. Georgia loses, Florida loses, top of the SEC East. We got one win, Vanderbilt coming up. We got a hapless Kentucky squad coming up. So, of course, we not only lose the next two, but we weren't even competitive against Kentucky. Yeah, it was embarrassing. I don't know why we lost to Kentucky last year. Yeah. In a similarly embarrassing fashion. The one last year, I mean, it was like embarrassing because we had them beat. They come back. They were ranked, so that was going to be big for us. And this year it was just a, a down team destroying us. Both both sting as much, you know, because of what this team could have been accomplishing. There's no yeah. reason they're they're undefe- they there's no reason they shouldn't be undefeated right now with who they faced. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we were talking about this week going in, what, 9-0? and or Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever we are now. Yeah. I mean, that was the, I guess, the hot take, but not really. Exactly. Because we're like, look at the schedule. I mean, who, do we gonna, who are we going to play that – the common thing was the the Tigers are probably going to go undefeated into Georgia, and even if they lose the next two bumpy games, like in this hypothetical against Georgia and Florida, they're still only looking at a two loss season, which right. is a pretty good bowl yeah. depending on the the sanctions the NCAA hands out. I think out. I think with the season, I mean, college is one of those things where you lose like this. I mean, we don't have really. I mean, we have bowl yes opportunities, but you know we're all wanting national titles, and that's. Obviously, I mean that was out of the picture after week one. Yeah, that was out of. After but week I think one. what's going to be most disappointing is if we come into this week and we somehow beat Georgia, and then it's the what ifs. Yes, yes, and then that's going to be the most Mizzou thing ever, too. Oh yeah, beating either Georgia or Florida and showing or that, both or both something yeah. w- ridiculous like that, showing we got the talent, we we have the the ability, and just not getting it done against lesser teams. It's so frustrating. I've been on the – I'm not a big Barry Odom guy. I haven't been it, – it hasn't just been this recent either. I haven't been since the beginning. My take on Barry Odom has always been he's one of those coaches. He's like a bridge quarterback, like the the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's. He'll yeah. come out and have the 400-yard, four touchdowns, just blazing games, and then he'll – Where get, you think he might be the – The real deal. Yeah. And then he gives up the stinker, and we now have a big enough body of work for Barry that it's – it's hard to get rid of a guy who's a school legend and who's an alumni who's got a lot of yeah. ties personally, but it's just it's and not. just a huge supporter of the team and the yes. program loves the program and he's not know. been terrible either. Yeah, he's, he's not been good, but he's not been terrible. But if you want to get over the hump of mediocrity that Mizzou has been kind of mired in its whole time, you're just gonna have to make a change. Well, in the recruiting, he was always yes. That was his big knock was, well, you get less miles, he can recruit. That's a and, that's a great point because you know the the old rivals Mizzou versus KU two teams trending complete opposite directions. Yeah, KU has been terrible. Like I mean, as bad as a Power Five school can be, and then that, historically, historically, as bad yes, as a, yeah. And now they're going against you know the Longhorns being competitive. They're winning games against te- Texas Tech, and it's not you know they're not super good, obviously, but they're playing hard. They're focused. They're winning games now that that they shouldn't have won or you didn't think they were going to win coming into the season. So it's one of those things. You look at it, if Mizzou just would have been courageous and said, and there's no guarantee they could have got less miles. Yeah. But when he came out, it was like, baby, can't get less miles. When a name like that becomes available, you have to be flexible enough to understand he is better than the current head coach you have. So if a a situation like that arises and there is a better coaching candidate that they can find, that's probably when they should make the move from Barry. But if they don't have a contingency plan, I'm fine with keeping him as long as you don't want to fire a guy for the sake of firing him if you have no no real clear path yeah. to get better. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it'll all play out. By like the end we of the said, year. he wins at Georgia and Florida. How do you? You can't fire the guy. You can't. No. He's it's like tenured teacher. We just we sign up for another year and see what we yeah. what we can do next year. That's getting a little ahead of ourselves, but but I mean, <laughs> it's gonna happen. We both know yeah, it is. Lose yeah. the Vandy, Kentucky beat. Yeah. Georgia. yeah. All right, moving on. Let's check in with our uh, our division rivals for the Chiefs. Get into a little NFL as we take stock of the AFC West and where it stands today. News and notes from around the West. <laughs> All right, we can just start with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, old, you know, former friend Rodney Hudson was carted off the game on Sunday. Uh, he was. It was the first time the Raiders had their full starting offensive line in all year. Then, unfortunately, he goes down. 
there has been really no exact timetable except that he's expected to miss some time. He's not going on IR though, so he could get that that dreadful week to week tag. Mm-hmm. But the the Raiders did dreadful. lose. The, yeah, it might be actually week to week anywhere else, but in Kansas City, all the injury destinations seem to just be completely for show. <laughs> we might look back at this year. This is kind of off topic. As the week-to-week year. The week-to-week year. It could be the week-to-week for the full year for somebody. But Hudson, he gets carted off. He's not going to be on IR, so Oakland avoided that. They do have a little injury concern. They did lose, so we still got that lead in the AFC West. Um, A team that didn't lose, though, the Chargers got a – I want to say a win, but really, they just – I don't – can you call that Bears game a win or a Bears loss? That was insane. (laughs) They – the Bears literally lost – how the Chargers lose. Yes. And to the Chargers. The Bears had this kicking curse and this char- the Chargers had this just the way they lose games curse. And they both went to head, you know, head to head voodoo style to see yeah. which curse was worse. And, and the which Bears obviously was worse. The Bears curse was definitely the Bears worse. lost. The, yeah, they lost like the Chargers to the Chargers. Yes. It, it Maybe that sparked something for the Chargers. The magic is broken. The Chargers are about to go on a big run, folks. Maybe this, it's a Disney movie. It's, except they just fired their head coach or offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt. So make a big change because honestly, the the fact the Bears didn't win that game, they're the first team with that many red zone trips to not score more than seventeen points in like forever. Mitch Trubisky is bad. Mitch, this just in, folks. If you haven't found out he's yet, so bad. Mitch Trubisky's bad. Matt Nagy knows he's bad, and he doesn't know how to handle it. I don't think Matt Nagy is doing a great job as a head coach either. I don't either, but I also think that he is just so handcuffed to this this quarterback situation. Yeah. So when he was calling plays for Alex Smith in Kansas City, because Matt Nagy is the you know the old OC right. for us, he had one weapons. Two, a guy like Andy Reid to lean on a little bit. And three, Alex was definitely capable. Alex is miles ahead of what Mitch Trubisky is. Well, he's like he's like if Andy Reid is the instruction manual and he just read it once and then lost it, now he's trying to put together yes. the rest of the piece of Ikea furniture without it. He did. And he's kind of frustrated. It's that one kid in high school who put together a table with his dad, and then he's trying to impress his girlfriend. Exactly. He's like, like I've done this oh, before. I've done this. Don't worry. Come on. And then he doesn't have his dad's power like, tools or know-how. I yeah. forgot how to do this. It's like, okay, your dad did it with his you know, $100 drills, and now you got a screwdriver. Go yeah. ahead and give me this table put together. And that, you don't quite know how it goes. But. And, it's just, and it turns out not great. Yeah. But, but – well, I mean, who did I see that did the who does the quarterback rankings? Is it Bleacher Report? One of the yes, one of them. And they had they had Matt Moore at twenty nine, <laughs> and they had Mitch Trubisky at thirty two. And I was like, "You are doing Mitch so dirty," and he deserves it. Let's be let's just be honest. I don't know if he deserves that, but he might. He's bad. He's not look good at all. He's so bad. And we're and when we he's so let's see how bad he is. He's so bad. That we're talking about the Chargers firing their offensive coordinator, and we can't help but just mention how bad Mitch Trubisky is. Yeah, they should have won that game, and with with Matt Moore, they win that game. I'm I'm 100 percent confident saying oh, yeah. that. I saw this uh, Twitter thread of Mitch Trubisky running an RPO, and he made the read, and he had a receiver open, and then he didn't throw it, and then his second receiver came open on an RPO, and then he didn't throw it, and then he bails right where a route's not even at. And then takes like a twelve-yard sack. Yeesh. It's just like that's it, it's it's simple stuff for a quarterback. He needs at that to go level. back to Gruden's QB camp. Oh yeah, he needs to Gruden get hit by those noodles again. Those pool noodles. Yes, he does. 
but the, back to the Chargers. Uh, they fire Ken Wisenhunt. Uh, do you think that's fair? Do you think that's warranted? Because they did just only put up 17 points, but it was against Chicago in windy conditions. I think it's like it's like a snap reaction to we have Keenan Allen, we have Melvin Gordon, yes. we have Philip Rivers, who's supposed to be really good, even though we talked about at, before the year that how are we still expecting that Philip Rivers exactly. is going to be good? But that's beside the point. So they're supposed to have this sweet offense that has not been sweet. It hasn't, and it if you look a little deeper, it's been a treat. It's been ah, <laughs> or it's it, been a trick, not no, a treat. It's been a treat to us, and it tricked everybody it has else. Hey, been a treat to us. welcome to Halloween, folks. But it's just I'm watching it, and I think it's a little unfair because they are out of left tackle, four slamps out for the year. Uh, they they lose Tyrell Williams in free agency, who's balling in Oakland. He's got a touchdown in every game he's yeah. played. So he was a good Which piece. Which I don't want to say I called that, that but, that was going to be a hit for the offense. But yes. I'm pretty sure I kind of did. You Maybe did in my that. mind. No, we talked about it. You definitely did call okay. that. Okay. And then. I'm glad I said that. It was, during the, that's, it was the Antonio Brown fiasco we were talking uh, about. Yeah, it. You yeah, brought yeah. up Tyrell and you were right about that. So they lose that. Mike Williams has been banged up a little. Keenan's been banged up. You have the Melvin Gordon holdout. Rivers is aging. There's a lot of different factors in this team not performing right now. And Hunter Henry has been hurt. So, to fire Ken Wisenhunt, it is a little snap reaction. It might not be a bad decision in the long run. It could be one of those things that was just time to happen. Yeah. But as far as the offense underperforming, I don't think it was completely Ken Wisenhunt this this year at least. Well, it never is really. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot uh, of moving parts. Yeah. Speaking of bad offense, let's get to the Denver Broncos where Joe Flacco was critical of the team in his postgame press conference saying – you know, we're only a two-win team. How are we not being aggressive? Yeah. How are we not going for Which, it? he is 100%, 100% right. Right. Yes. Because I don't know how you don't go. Well, here's why you don't go for it. Because if Von Miller makes that tackle, the game is over. And, yeah. And Vic Fangio looks like, a you know, the smart call was made. It's always that, too. In, in hindsight, the, yeah. hindsight's oh, 2020. Yeah. That's why that's a phrase. But, like, what do they have to play for? Exactly. They're, it's a pre. All these games are preseason games from here on out. Yes, it's it's a, it's talent evaluation. Yeah, they, they didn't sell at the deadline, which we'll talk about later. But so right now it's talent evaluation. It's, it's preseason. It's preseason. It's just preseason every week. And it looks like they're going that route because they just uh, came out that Joe Flacco has a neck injury, could be out five to six weeks. He's seeking other opportunities. If he is out five to six weeks, it seems the team's going to put him on IR. Which I mean, at this point of the season, six weeks is basically IR. No reason. Yeah. To, no reason to bring a guy back. For the for, last game or so. Yeah, when you have nothing to play for. But Drew Locke has also, you know, been hurt. So it Which w- this could be perfect for Drew Locke, yes. really, now that they're in preseason mode, like I've said. Yes. That, like, the pressure really isn't on. Because we've seen some good, well, potentially good young guys get thrown into the fire and just melt. Melt and not just not be up to it. It is Brandon Allen time in Denver, though, because Drew Locke's not quite ready to make it back to the yeah, field. right. If... Drew gets to a point, which he might be close, already there, where he can return. I fully expect him just to see what they have. If not, I don't – I mean – That's what Cincinnati's doing. It, yeah, it, it's what Cincinnati's doing, but the Broncos have enough talent. They're better than Cincy, so it would be a better situation. Yeah. Because Cortland Sutton's a decent baller over there at he receiver. He's a good player. They got first-round talent, Noah Fant. The line has some troubles, but they, they're, they're kind of hit and miss. They're not just completely terrible. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman are playing well, and he's got a good defense behind him. So this is a better situation for Drew Locke yeah. to get in there and mix it up. We'll see. 
I don't we'll know if see. it's gonna happen. I hope it does. I'm rooting for him. Like we said, we're, we're rooting for Mizzou him. guys. Yeah, we we want to see Drew get in there, and mix it up. Yeah. I'm not threatened by the Broncos, so if he plays well, that's fine yeah. by me. You know? I was at the beginning of the year. Yes, like I don't I don't know if I want to see Drew succeed. Then I'm like, I'm sorry, Drew. I should have never said it. I should have never said it, Drew. We love you, Drew. We hope you do well. We miss you here at Mizzou. Come we back. Do. Come get. I an- miss. I miss seeing you on the weekends. Come get another year. Come come come. I miss. Back. I miss coaching you up. In the bathroom, in the, the bathroom. three times you saw him in your life, giving him tips how to look off a of safety. Well, true st- everyone listening, true story. Man over here, true story. The year Drew Lock broke all them touchdown records is because of Brett Strauss coaching him up in the I bathroom. I was coaching him up because I'd always <laughs> see him when I was out and about late night, and I just see him in the bathroom for some reason, and, and I hey, coached him up. And, and that's the reason he's in the NFL right now. I was giving him motivational talks. Giving him some X's and O's. I'm sure he remembers everything you said to him, too. It's ingrained well, in his mind. It has to be. That's why he played so well. <laughs> why he played so well. <laughs> Let's go ahead and you move on. You can thank me. Yeah, thank Brett. We'll, we'll, we'll take all the love, all you Denver fans that get a, a Pro Bowl Drew Lock in the next couple of years for Brett Strauss over here, giving him all those tips. Let's move on a little bit. Shift gears. Chiefs versus Green Bay. Uh, we There's a lot we could unpack, but really, no matter how – we all said going in, this was probably going to be a loss. Me and you both predicted losses. We did. Last it still week. hurt. It and it, <laughs> it hurt more because of how close yes, it was. Yes, that's what. That's exactly which we almost predicted the score. Yeah, I got the Green Bay score right, and you got the Chiefs score yeah. right. So I said thirty-one twenty-one. You said twenty-four twenty-eight. Twenty-four twenty-eight, and it was just, and the fact that it played out just like we all kind of thought. Yeah. And the fact that it was close enough to just. Get our hopes up. I was trying to have such low expectations. Yeah, me too. We go down 14 nothing. I'm like, okay, yes. Yes, that's exa- exactly. Yes. I was almost like relieved. Yes. Like, okay, they're doing exactly what we thought they would. I, I, and I was even, I had a drive. I had to drive back home. I was away for the weekend, and I was like, perfect. I won't miss anything. Yes, it'll be and fine. Then, and then Matt Moore decided – He's not bad, and then he comes and has this big drive, and he throws that. He's trying to reassert himself in the NFL. QB controversy in Kansas City. Ooh. And not <laughs> Ooh. And this is actually a real thing, though. Everyone, after Matt Moore was playing, what well, was like, QB controversy, do you bring, even bring Pat back, jokingly? It does raise the question, do you waste an IR return on Chad Henney at this point? Yeah. Because, I mean, Chad Henney, for, for I mean – for all indications, he's at practice. They want him to be the backup, but if Moore plays really well, there's really no reason to burn that IR. We're getting late enough in the year that we might not even use another IR designation, but this is, to me it makes no sense that Matt Moore plays well because he did play well. He had that touchdown to Travis that was uh, drawn up on a beautiful play by Andy. He hangs in there. He hangs the ball up, lets Travis adjust, and then that pass to McCole Hardman wasn't like anything he did special, but he really managed those drives well yeah. to put us in those positions. Uh-huh. And he did exactly what we said. Get the playmakers the ball, let them make yeah. plays. And exactly. <laughs> and I mean, and, and then McCole Hardman one is a perfect example. Yes. A little a, screen or a, a bubble example. screen or whatever. Just let him let him work. He wants to be known as Jet here in Kansas City, and I'm I'm more than obliged to let him have that nickname because he just makes people look like he they're standing in slow motion around him. And what's What's interesting is it's it's the Tyreek Hill effect, but he's longer and he looks slower because he's lankier. Yes, and he's just like his limbs are just kind of flailing around, but he's just running by people. Yes, it's and like fascinating to watch. My my best pro comp for McCole Hardman and what I think he could be is probably a T.Y. Hilton type player. Yeah, that's just what, that's what I see on the field is is because T.Y. I don't know if a lot of people people remember when he first came in the league. That dude was a burner. 
and he yeah, still got yeah. some of those qualities and and that body type, a little lankier but a little shorter. He that's just what I see when I see McCole Hartman step on the field, and that could be huge for this offense. Well, did you see? I I just saw on Twitter uh, comparing Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's rookie numbers to McCole Hartman's, Hartman's. Yes, and they're similar. McColls are better. McColls are better from a receiving standpoint. Yeah. Tyreek Hill came in the league as a running back. And we used him as a running back receiver. And then, like, the second half of the season, we're like, oh, wow, this kid's really good at receiver. So we started putting him in there, and yeah. that's when his receiving numbers came. So the the comparison there is McColls just more polished than Tyreek when he came in the league. I mean, because yeah. he, he's played which receiver is, his whole career. Which is interesting, too, because usually receivers, it takes them two to three years before they look like they're ready to yes. play in the NFL. McCall, it's one of those positions that it takes you a couple years before you're ready. And generally, to, even if like you're just so naturally dominant and you are ready, it takes time for you to earn that trust from the coaches. We're yeah. seeing it right now with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup came in as a rookie and was playing really well. But he was still not getting a majority of the shares because the coaches were working him in slowly, no matter how much he produced. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the year that he's in after hurting his knee last year, year three, he's just destroying everyone because he's finally got that grasp yeah. of I'm the go the quarterback trust. I'm your go to guy now. Mm-hmm. Give me the ball. Yeah. And I, I obviously I don't know McCall's going to get to that point having Tyreek and Travis, but he's going to get to a point where Mahomes is like, that's my guy. Yeah. I know he'll make a play. Kind of assume that Sammy Watkins role. Yes, exactly. And that's what's going to happen over the next few years after we probably you know transition away from Sammy. Yep. Um, we can talk about the offense a little more, mostly from an injury standpoint. We were without Eric Fisher again, without Andrew Wiley, and then Laurent Duvernay-Tardif goes down. Yep. That was tough, man. I, I haven't heard anything on him if he's going to yeah. uh, play. If he, he was an ankle, I assume. He stood on the sideline. He didn't immediately go back. But I, I just – if we lose another lineman, that is just going to be too big to overcome on that end. Yeah, I, I, it's like almost ridiculous. Like it, it almost made me laugh when I saw him go. I'm like, yes. really? And then Wisniewski stepped in, played admirably. I like yeah. the signing a lot. He's playing okay. But, I mean, he's he's probably, even with Eric Fisher in there, uh, LDT, the doctor, has a claim to that second-best lineman position. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and we talked about, Last week, it seems like every week, but last week especially, offensive line is like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a, an offensive line that's completely healthy, or would you rather have Tyree Kill back? Yes. Or would you rather have Sammy Watkins back, or both of them back? You know, like At this point, with the line being in the shambles that it is, it's, it's the line now. Because if LDT can't go... We the, the importance of getting Eric Fisher back this week is just huge. And yeah. that, that, it's assumed we can. Yeah, he, he was very close to returning this week. So yeah, they were so just we'll taping see. him up. From an offensive standpoint, line getting healthy is the biggest thing. From a defensive standpoint, the line getting healthy is probably yeah. the biggest thing. I think, I mean, there's a lot of encouraging things about this game. There, there was, and I think 24 points without Patrick Mahomes. That's encouraging to that is, me. That is no, that's really encouraging against the Green Bay defense that that was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it's good. It, I yeah. mean, it's it's got some it's it's had some good performances this year. So, so I, I mean, to me that was encouraging to see. Yes, uh, I like what the defense is doing right now. Chris Jones and Frank Clark being out hurts. Frank, I have this sneaking suspicion Frank's going to be a few weeks. Yeah, because really, they said he's been playing almost through it yes. for a couple weeks, and it could be one of those like weird ones. Like the high ankle sprain is yeah. the one I always hate to see because it's like 
it's either one week or, or five. It's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they just week to week, week to week with this yeah. high ankle sprain. And Clark's got a neck, so yeah, that that could be anything. I mean, yeah. when it's a neck, you get kind of worried just hearing a neck injury. You don't mm-hmm. know the severity. We don't have many details, but I really don't see him suiting up. I I think he misses two more games, maybe three. It's one of those things where they're gonna say he's he's week to week, he's progressing, but they're also not gonna push him. They're really not gonna like yeah. make him get out I, there just until like, he's ready. It's just crazy the injuries that we yeah. just like. As soon as we get close to getting the guys back, you know, yeah. someone else steps up. And I think at this point, they're looking at it like we were talking about last week. We get into the playoffs and hope our guys are healthy. Yes, because I think. I think we believe it. I think the Chiefs organization believes it. I'm pretty sure if you're a Chiefs fan that pays attention at all, you can believe that if we're fully healthy, we can beat anybody. Exactly. Yes. And we can, I don't want to say easily beat anybody, but. It could be a blowout. Like, we have that capability yeah. to stand up. Um, this You never want to talk about blessings in disguise as far as guys getting hurt because you don't want, you know, you hate guys getting hurt. But this is forcing the Chiefs to do some certain things. It's forcing them to, to find an identity almost because we were falling much into that what we've seen from Green Bay and what we've seen from Philadelphia. When Carson Wentz was balling out and when Aaron Rodgers was balling out, a lot of times it was, hey, go, go win us a game because you're so talented as far as Patrick Mahomes goes. And now we're kind of in the mindset, hey, we don't have this guy anymore. We're all going to have to step up. We're all going to do our part. The Eagles won a Super Bowl doing it. The yeah. Packers, to their credit, Rodgers, uh, even though he's played brilliantly the past two weeks, he started really slow this year, and the team itself really picked him up. Yeah. So we are kind of learning how to play without Patrick, and I hope we keep that same play style when we do get him back. Yeah, and I, I don't want to sound like a downer here because I kind of was proven wrong by this game, like we were just saying, but I was afraid, especially when we de- went down by 14. Yeah. I'm like, I think this is the problem with the Chiefs is that we're not very good. Mm-hmm. We just have Patrick Mahomes to just cover up all yes. the weaknesses of this team. And I think that was another positive for me, at least. I was like, okay, well, maybe this team does have some legs to stand on that aren't number 15. Yes, that that the talent is starting to finally show a little bit for, because, the, for the Chiefs. I mean, for the first couple of weeks, the defense was... I don't want to say atrocious, but I might say it. Well, it was like the, the first week, we look, Gardner Minshew comes in, and so then we, we want to burn the place down because our defense gets torched by this kid. Who is this guy? Yeah. And then in retrospect, I'm starting to see the defense in a different light because Gardner, you know, he was, pretty good. he's pretty good. Pretty you good. know, he, he's, he's a quarterback now. Minshew mania. And, and then we hold Oakland to 10, and then everyone's like, oh, it's Oakland. Yeah. You, but Oakland's offense is looking – they put 24 up on Chicago. Yeah. So their offense is looking like a, they're meshing a little bit. And so I thought at the beginning the defense was just – you know, it wasn't fixed. Against the Colts, when we got – the ball pounded up our throats, we still only allowed 19 points. Yeah. So th- there's a lot, been a lot of positives. And then, of course, the dominating performance against the Broncos. There's a lot better defensive moments this year than there have been in the last I couple years. That. I want to bring up this stat a little bit. It's Chiefs cornerback Charvarius Ward in weeks two through six. Among 27 quarterbacks with 800 snaps, his PFF grade is eighth overall, his tackling grade is fifth overall, his coverage grade is ninth overall, his reception percentage against him is first overall, and he's got one touchdown allowed with two interceptions. One of that came covering DeAndre Hopkins, and the passer rating against him is a 45, which is best among corners. 
qualified. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That's a two through six week. That's a five thought game that? sample size. Who would have thought that? After not me. We, <laughs> look at us. Not look me. At us. Look at us. Not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah. After. Oh, it's so funny you bring that up because I was thinking somewhere there in the third quarter, like if we win, I'm just going to lead off the podcast with that. Look with, at us. With the, Who uh, would have thought? For the people not knowing yeah. what we're talking about, uh, there's a great show on YouTube. It's called Hot Ones. They have uh, guests come on and eat spicy. Celebrity guests. Celebrity, uh, yes, celebrity guests yes. come on eating spicy chicken wings, and they do interviews while the wings get hotter and hotter to crazy results. And Paul Rudd came on, notable Chiefs fan, and that was a, he, he looked at Sean Evans, the interviewer, and went, look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have Not me. Not me. And then he uh, dissed Kansas City a little bit, and lovingly, because he's a huge Chiefs fan. He's yeah. from the area. He calls Arrowhead Camarohead. <laughs> that's just definitively yeah, that's yeah, what he that knows it as he's beat the drum for us he's got charity yeah. for the royals they even asked him in that interview like so what besides barbecue you know what do you love about kansas city he's like well we have patrick mahomes we have patrick mahomes <laughs> and, and he was the one that uh handed out the mvp award at the nfl right, awards right, he right. had the mahomes suit jacket on anyway i digress back, back to what look we were at saying. us <laughs> um we're, we're talking about Traverius ward and he is this is actually a great transition because we know we've covered the, the Green Bay Chiefs game as bad as well as we could with injuries and what we can expect. I do want to hit on one more thing, but finish up. Yeah, uh, just as far as trading goes with Charvarius Ward, we traded this, you know, for this guy, for a lineman, Parker Anger, that didn't make, wasn't going to make our team and didn't make the, the uh, Cowboys team. Yeah. So that's kind of where Veach lives in his trades. Uh, what, what would you want to get into? I wanted to say, um, like, almost the summary of the Packers game. I think you can point to like literally like two plays. Oh yeah, three. Like there were moments, and this is what I love, and I know you love, and any NFL pl- fan knows. It's such a game. It's such a thin line between a win and a loss. Yes. That there was literally like what what I think was most frustrating about this loss is there was two plays, okay. really that or you know two or three uh, two plays or three that. That was a game, you See, know. We've done this a couple times the past couple losses. We pointed at those one to two plays, yeah, the, and, and, and this week crazy. was the same thing. Yeah, the shady fumble. Yes, that hurt. Yes, it did. Um, even and I, I immediately thought about this one. This one maybe not, but right there in the beginning, we had four. We had them three and third and eight or whatever. Right, the first drive. Yes, for the Packers, and he th- does that little off his back foot raindrop in and the guy catches it barely kumro yes and we challenged it even yeah right yeah and i thought to myself after that ah we i would have loved to have that one yes you know that's like a step like for the defense that's a statement and then they ended up driving down scoring seven so okay so you're pointing to that play the shady play the shady i think shady plays number one and then i think you have something else that we're gonna disagree on a little bit because we, we got into it, a, not got into it, but we talked about it a little off podcast, kind of. It wasn't really a play, more so a decision. The fourth down. Yes, that everyone's talking about. Yeah. I I can see your point, but I'm on the camp of, why yes. not? What I mean, it just, it, what's, what, it's just frustrating, like I, I keep saying. Yeah. Because it is, because I've seen that happen even this year, you know, and, and into last year these couple years where our defense hasn't been and they and like we talked about they haven't been that bad but it's that play that one play where we need them to make a play yes they have not made that play so and so when i saw that punt i was like we're not going to get the ball back i actually said that live 
and oh, I said I left. Yeah, live. I like went and was doing laundry or something because I'm like I don't really need to watch the rest. Yeah, live when I saw us punt, I'm like that's game. I knew yeah. it was game, yeah. and 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 I was I like, think all Chiefs fans. Did we just and it, know it, was it even game. started on Twitter before? Like as soon as we got the punt, even though it was down to the two, most people were like, well, that's it, you know, because we're not going to get a stop. And in the moment, I agreed with that. And then I go back and I look, and I have to factor in some things. And I almost came to the conclusion that I think it was the right call to punt. First off, time. There was a lot of time left. The The time left was in the five minutes, and we had two timeouts. So even if you don't stop them on the first set, you get another set of downs and potentially get the ball back. So it wasn't just a one first down ices the game. It was kind of like a, they need two first downs, potentially maybe three, depending on like out-of-bounds yeah. plays and stuff. I mean, it's a lot of time. And then secondly, when the ball did, you know, we trusted our special teams and the ball got punted to the two-yard line. Yeah. The, fa- the Something we have to factor in is if we do get a stop, and I know that no one was expecting us to, our defense has been bad, but if we do, our return game was so good last night. So good. And so if we get that stop and they have to punt out of their end zone again, last time they did that, we took over with the ball at the 30. Yeah. Because of what Hardman right. had been doing all night. So I think Andy was factoring that in, that our return game, if we if we go for that fourth and three and say we get it, and then we don't get the next first down, we just took more time off the clock. Yeah, and then, that's true. And then if we stop them, our field position's worse. But here's the thing. And in my mind... You're going to give it back to Aaron Rodgers. That's the tough part. Giving it back to Aaron Rodgers. You're going to give it Rogers. back to Aaron Rodgers. That's the toughest part of the whole thing. If we have Patrick, I there's probably no doubt in my mind we go for that. Because i seen Andy start going for it in like playoff games last yeah. year against the Colts in our own territory. You know what I saw? I actually I, I, I saw this last night watching that uh, Miami-Pittsburgh game, which actually ended up being a decent game. Decent game, yeah, it really which did. I, I, didn't, I didn't even plan on watching it, but... I'm like I got. I it's gotta football. Watch it. I gotta watch it. I'm like thinking forward to that that March or April day when I'm like, I really wish there was some football. Yes, on, you know. And I would die to watch Miami Pittsburgh. Anyway, and I saw it was a fourth down. They gave it. It was a little bootleg with Fitzpatrick, and he got the first down. You know, like he dove for it, took yes. the hit, and I was thinking, Patrick, like. That's why we want to see the ball in Patrick Mahomes', Mahomes hands. hands in the fourth downs. And yes. we, we talked about that weeks ago when they tried the running play against the Colts and we didn't get it. And yes. There was another one maybe where we handed off and we didn't get it. That's why I want to see that on fourth down. But exactly. Back to what you were saying. Exactly. And and I think with Patrick Mahomes, we, we do go for it there. In the crunch time of the game, there's no doubt in my mind we go for it. Yeah. Something else well, you have he to, stays on the field. Yes. He won't get off the field. Something else you have to look at is – our line was decimated because LDT was out by then. No LDT, no Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, no Andrew Wiley, and you have a backup quarterback in. Three yards when a, when an all defense knows you just need three yards is tough to get. Yeah, with anybody at but quarterback, I, I gotta trust. Like Andy Reid's got the play. You you think that, but but then again, we haven't seen we that haven't creativity. seen it so far. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen those fourth downs with Patrick him having the play. Yeah, so I'm just looking at it. Was it? A great decision. I think that it doesn't need to be blasted as much as it has been because the punt did get down to the two. And at some point, we are going to have to make a play with our defense to win a championship. Yeah. You have to. You you can't you just can't win a Super Bowl title without your defense making a play like that. So I'm okay with the call. The bigger play to me that lost us the game had nothing to do with anything the Chiefs did. It had everything to do with what Aaron Rodgers did. 
that throw in the back corner of the end zone. Yeah, to that G- he was throwing to Jimmy Graham. Yeah. He, t- he said after the game. That was yeah, to yeah, Jimmy Graham. That was the Jimmy. But it's Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to make something happen. He's going to put a ball somewhere, and someone's going to catch it. Yeah. And it's just. That was tough. Someone, uh, you know, everyone was like, the Chiefs just got Mahomes the Arrowhead. And, I, you know, I snickered a little bit, yeah. But then I was like, okay, I'm a big Chiefs fan, but that's a little disrespectful because Aaron Rodgers has been doing this a lot longer than Pat has. Yeah. He's made throw after throw like that. But. Even if it was to Jimmy. There is some truth to it. Like, we felt that disappointment. Yes. That I, I don't know. You know, out like the Mahomes disappointment. This is what other teams feel like. Yeah, exactly. This is what other teams feel like when Patrick just when when it's a playoffs against the Colts and Mahomes slings it around his offensive lineman to yeah. Travis Kelsey's side. Or on. we're playing the 49ers and he gets rolled out and he rolls right and then he rolls left yes. and then he just fires it in there. I looked at uh, the guys I was watching the game with and I was like, "There's three people that can make that play. It's Aaron Rodgers, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Russell Wilson. There's no three other guys in the league that can make that play. Maybe Deshaun Watson." I don't Dude. think Deshaun makes that play. I don't. I don't. I think love so either, Deshaun. He is. He is a clutch. He, oh, he's oh, he's a baller. Man. But I, he's a baller. And there's no doubt about it. Deshaun probably like does it a different way. He probably yeah. like throws it up to DeAndre like after already on his knees and that play he had with the he got kicked kicked in the, in the face. kicked Ooh. in the eye. Yeah, that was amazing. Anyway, but that play to me that's just something that you're playing a normal team then that doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Looking at the replay, you're like, how? That's Santana. Joe Flacco doesn't even know how to do that. Joe Flacco. Jo- Joe Flacco doesn't even know how to imagine that. Yeah, Joe Flacco can't dream him of making that play. Yeah. Joe Flacco's dream is a clean pocket that he can stand in for nine <laughs> seconds and a receiver that can run and a 4 1. Yeah. And he, and never, he just never throws it. He just perpetually stands, stands in the pocket. Stands there and just stares. He's like, oh, he's, he's going to be open at any minute I now. I love this pocket. This is amazing. It's so comfy. Uh, off topic, I was watching. Uh, the highlights between the Steelers and Ravens from a few years ago. This is the quick aside. Joe Flacco was freaking mobile back in the day. I, I don't ever remember a time, but it was his rookie year, and he's running right, running left. I'm like, Joe, statue with What's legs. Up, Joe? Now he just, he just stands there. Now he's there. a pocket. The, the he's sta- a pocket passer. <laughs> Someone said that the Broncos traded for the statue of Joe Flacco after the <laughs> Super Bowl win, and they just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> the Joe's still out there somewhere waiting to get a chance. But, I mean, Rodgers makes that play. That's the one where um, we talk about a game being a game of inches, being close. That's the one that hurts. That's the one that stings yeah. because it just doesn't happen anywhere else. Do we want to move on to trade deadline? Yes, we need to get dissect this trade deadline because I'm going to have another take that's kind of against you know the popular opinion, I think, of people online that I've read anyway. And we mentioned earlier uh, Charverius Ward got traded to us for a guy that didn't even make the Cowboys team. And now he's playing this well to me. That is the model Veach has shown that he is going to do the one that he's shown. He thinks is best to build this team and the one that we should have expected him to keep pursuing. Well, it's a good way to do it. It is. It's a cheap way to do it. It's how you build championship teams. It just doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. And the flash isn't there. And after we've heard about some names being thrown out, we wanted it. We were it's, hoping for it's it. It's literally how the Seahawks went to two straight Super Bowls, yeah. three straight Super Bowls. Yeah, it is. It's because they had no-name guys that just were playing great. Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick. Russell Wilson was, was a, a third-round pick. Yeah. And so Brett Veach had a really good draft this year. He drafted Thornhill. He drafted Hardman. Who has been? Thornhill has been. Thornhill's been. I just saw the PFF numbers oh, on him. Oh, quietly very good. Very good. Very good. And so 
we were all expecting a big splash trade and everyone's like, oh, these other contenders got better because the Patriots traded for Sanu, the Ravens traded for Peters, the Rams traded for Ramsey, uh, the, the Texans traded for Tunsil. We did make a big trade. It wasn't just in the season. It was in the offseason. It was Frank Clark. And a lot of people are sour about it because he hasn't performed to what they think is, you know, his standard. But we have already made our big trade. We signed Frank Clark. We traded away D Ford to try to get more capital for, for other guys. Yeah. We, Who has actually been really, really balling for, well, okay. <laughs> for the 49ers. That He's de- been so good. I yeah. He's to, the third. Right. Exactly. At the at, for the 49ers, yeah. you got Nick Bosa over there balling. Yeah. And you got guys like Aaron Ark, uh, Eric Armstead, That's Solomon true. Thomas. And there is something about you're a better defensive line when you have better defensive Defens- linemen yes. around you. And but so, he's been very good. He's been, he's been good. But I, I still – Frank Clark was showing some signs before the injury. I know a lot of people are disappointed. But we made the aggressive trade for what we thought would be better for our team. We did it already. We signed Tyron Matthew in the offseason. We tried to trade people for Minka Fitzpatrick and Jalen Ramsey. The team tried to do that. Yeah. They offered. We just – you couldn't beat. You couldn't force Veach to get a better first round pick than the Steelers because Big Ben went down. We. I don't know if a lot of people know, but we offered a first round for Minka, but the Steelers were like, well, or the the Dolphins were like, well, the Steelers' first round is going to be better than yours, so obviously we're not taking that deal. We offered for Jalen Ramsey, but the Jags said, no, we don't want him to go to the AFC. Sorry, you know, uh, we legit had a good package together. It seems so strange to me. Usually it's, it's so within dumb. division. Yeah, he didn't. They didn't even want him in the AFC. They didn't want it because they still fancy themselves a good team. Ugh. So they didn't want to see him ever. So they sent him to the Rams. We tried to trade for Chris Harris. We called. The Broncos said, no, you're in division. We can't make players available. Yeah. You know, you can't force a team to give you a good player for a good deal. And so there were some whispers at the end of the trade deadline that, oh, the Chiefs were calling about Le'Veon Bell potentially. That came out that. There may have been like a call or two, but it was just a gauge value and that the asking price was way too well, high. Well, yeah, I think what I was seeing with that was if you can get him for two years at six, seven million dollars. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Why not? His contract would have been structured. We would only be on the hook for less than two million this year because they've, they've already paid him a bunch. It would be like 13 million next year, but then eight million the year after that. So that's $21, 22000000 million over three years, two and a half years of production. That's not a lot of money. you know. That's a decent yeah. uh, contract for a guy like that. But we have a lot of money in running backs right now. We did, and then we, the compensation was just too much. So we're like, nah. I mean, we what, from everything I've seen, from all the people I trust on Twitter and online, all the you know sources that the Chiefs have, have shown to be a little reliable, basically it was just a cursory call. We weren't ever like pursuing. We weren't in a bidding war. It wasn't ever serious. And then when we heard the asking price – we just backed off. We're like, no. And that's what a good GM does. He makes calls. But I'm 100% okay with us not making a move at the deadline because we made our move already. And they thank our team's championship caliber. And I'm okay with that because yeah. it is. I do think that the pieces here are good enough to win a championship. Everyone wanted a corner. Not everyone knows Charverius Ward is playing like one of the best corners in the league. Right. And it's not a mirage. It's not one of those five-week, oh, this guy's playing well. He's seen DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and Hopkins didn't want any part of it. And that that yeah. jump ball in the corner, Sharp said that's mine, and he snatched yeah. it from the best wide receiver in the league. And even even the other night, he looked good. He looked I, good. I mean, and that's kind of a weird bang up receiving core, but he still looked good. He still looked good. He, I it, mean, he was making hits out there. He put a hit on somebody. It was like helmet to ball, ball like yes. perfect, great hit. Yeah, I'm so, like, okay, that's what you want to see. So I'm also, good. we didn't talk about um, Wilson. 
How well Wilson Oh, Damien's been playing aggressively. I was like, ooh. Damien's been playing aggressively. Ooh, flying around. That's that you love to see that from your line. You do. Flying you, around. Our biggest problem right now isn't even corner. So all those it would have been nice to get Jalen Ramsey. I'm a huge Ramsey fan. I wanted yeah. him. He's a dog. But our biggest need right now is probably a coverage linebacker. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. when Ben Ben Niem, I don't was, think I don't think it's close. No, yeah. When Niemann was targeted against Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had a perfect passer rating, completed yeah. every pass. Yeah, yeah. It, that that was our biggest need, and there's no one out there that was available for us to go get. Well, they're rare. They're very rare, and then no one was just getting rid of them. No one yeah. had one on the trading block. No linebacker that could cover really well outside of the star names that no one wants to get rid of. They yeah. just weren't available. So you're telling me Luke Keekley? We couldn't we couldn't get Luke Keekley? Oh, come on, Veach, <laughs> get me Bobby Wagner, man. Like he'd be perfect for this defense. No, it was fine. The trade deadline came and passed. If you listen to anyone online or like reliable Chiefs insiders, they basically said, you know, it's not going to happen. Yep. It's not going to happen. Yep. Onward. Well, onward and upward. Uh, we're going to look ahead to next week's Minnesota game. We got a spooky Halloween, you know, preview for you guys. I think you really like this week. One, two, he's coming for you. They thought he was gone. Three, four, it's not Matt Moore. They thought that they were safe. Five, six, Kirk throws picks. But this Halloween weekend, the dead will rise. Seven, eight, his knee feels great. And terror will take the field. Nine and ten, he's back again. <laughs> it's the stuff of any team's nightmares, and nothing will stop him. This Sunday, witness the horror as Minnesota takes on Kansas City in Nightmare on Arrowhead Drive. You're not ready. All right, moving ahead, uh, Chiefs versus Vikings, obviously. We think, just based on what you just heard, that Mahomes is playing because the way he progressed this week, all of his comments of, if this was a playoff game, I'd play. He said that to NBC directly. Um, Andy Reid's comments, this was a team decision, not a Pat decision. Like It all kind of points to where Mahomes thinks he's ready. The Chiefs wanted to be op- or cautious, obviously. But um, the time frame of three weeks to heal – is a lot closer than some people think because they think three weeks equals two games. We had that long rest after the Thursday night game, so he's about at that three-week time period. Yeah. So we think Mahomes is going to play. Let's just get that out of the way. I, yeah. if, if I was a betting man, I would I would say Mahomes is playing this week just from everything I've seen so yeah. far. <laughs> they kept showing him uh, in that game. Like They showed him like 40. They cut to him 40 times Yeah. In the, like just on the sideline. Looking. And he always looked angry. My favorite one was where he was like his head was kind of cocked to the side, and then he like looked like he woke yeah, up a little bit. That's that one was meme. That's that one was funny. No, he like he tweeted the like like upset face. Oh just yeah, this straight line face. Yeah, he's 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 such a such a guy on the sideline that you get plenty of gift content from him. Oh yeah. But as far as Mahomes playing, that's who we got. I think as far as injuries coming back, I have Chris Jones playing this week. He sounded super close last week. I think Eric Fisher plays this week. And, yeah, they both sounded – I think if Pat was in last week, those two would have been in. That's kind of what I've heard and what yeah. I've seen was that there was no reason not to be cautious with both of them because Patrick wasn't playing. 
And so last week sounded kind of like a get-right week for all these injured guys. Uh, Frank Clark, I really don't think, is going to be out there. Okafer is up in the air because he did roll his ankle. Oof. By roll, he got his ankle broken yeah, by Aaron Rodgers. That's such a bad clip. And I saw someone had like screenshotted it <laughs> at the moment where he was just broken. Like his body was broken. He got the same thing. The same thing happened to him against Lamar Jackson. Okafer has oh, yeah. been victimized this Why? year by mobile quarterbacks. So, like, come on, Okafor. Yeah, so I don't play in the NFL. Like, you got to get some athleticism. His is an ankle. I don't know if he plays. Um, as far as Wiley and uh, Laurent. The LDT doctor, I have no idea. Those are those are going to be from what I can tell from the game. LDT looked like he was ready to go back. Yeah, and Wiley was also sounded close last week, so I do think we get some reinforcements. It'd be sweet if we can get some people back. Oh, for sure. Um, the thing that does concern me the most in this game obviously has to be the Vikings rushing attack because (sighs) Dalvin Cook. Oh man, that dude just looks unstoppable lately. Him and I mean. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, they're are kind of in a tier of their own this year. It seems like everyone and Saquon would probably have been up there with, without the injury. But as far as running backs go, those are the two. McCaffrey and Cook are just in a breakneck pace to be the best running back in the league so far. And and Cook has just looked every every bit of the player he did his first year before his injury. So uh, with our known stopping the run kind of problems, we're gonna we're gonna see this is gonna be a real test for this team because Cook can get it done on the ground. Yeah. Um. As far as the Vikings injuries goes, uh, Adam Thielen, he's probably going to play. He had a chance to play in that Thursday night game against the Redskins. So that extra 10 days of rest, Thielen's probably going to be in there. So the Vikings are going to be at full strength, it looks like. They have been pretty susceptible to the pass a little bit. The Vikings defense is pretty good, but Xavier Rhodes isn't what he used to be. So if Mahomes is in, and I'm going to operate like he is, the Chiefs should have some opportunities to hit some big plays. The the defense are going to have some opportunities. They're going to have to stop the run first and foremost. So Thielen and well, it, if they could force Minnesota to pass, yes, that could be a problem for Minnesota. It could. Kirk has looked good though. He's looked good against bad teams. He has, and I'm a I'm a Kirk kind of supporter. I don't think he's a I'm leader. Not. Yeah, I know you're not. I don't I'm think a he's Kirk a, hater. I don't think he's a leader. I think that was a big waste of money. Uh, well, that that's a different argument because it could have been for his talent level. They just paid the premium for the position. Kirk has played admirably. He hasn't played great, but he has been, for all intents and purposes, a step up from what Keenum was. So they well. did upgrade. Well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you rolled your eyes live. I hope. So he could do some damage, mostly because if Diggs and Thielen are both out there, that's just a tandem that's hard to contain. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins should be lighting it up every week. He with, should be. He should with be. With those two. So but. we'll see what, what we can do defensively. I hope we get our guys back. I personally think we do. And I personally think that we win big here. Not big, you know, double digits. So we've been doing this little running bet thing. Whoever gets the most score predictions right at the end of the year is going to buy the other's playoff ticket, assuming we win the West. Which I'm pretty sure we're tied right now, one to one to one. And it might be now one to one to two because I predicted the – we both were off by three points. I had the Green Bay score correct, and you had the The Chiefs score score correct. correct. So I had 24-28. I had 31-21. And we both had the Packers winning. So so that is like the tie. There's no – I didn't think there was any way we were going to tie back-to-back weeks because we were like, okay, we made sure our scores were different when we revealed them to each other because we do it like without letting the other one know. We're like, okay, there's no way this one ends up in the situation. I think for a lack of not being one-to-one to two, I would probably defer to you this week because you did get the team we talk about score right. 
that's got to be more important, right? That yeah yeah I didn't think about that. yeah you got the chief score yeah, right so well, you know the chiefs I know, it. Well. I know I know you the just chiefs. had this intuition so we're I gonna mark you down and this week I had the Chiefs winning twenty eight to seventeen so you had the Chiefs winning as well but what was the score thirty one twenty eight thirty one twenty eight so this week you see a close game if we get our and guy- this is with Patrick Mahomes playing yes with, again with Mahomes playing if he doesn't play you know. Oh, well, it's probably going to be another one of those close games. We might be able to sneak a win here. Minnesota's probably just as good as Green Bay as far as overall I, talent In goes. my mind, I put them right next to each other. Yes. Uh, obviously, Green Bay has the, the quarterback advantage. Yeah. But Minnesota's got a lot of players just, you know, all over that team. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, we'll see. It's going to be probably another close game. Vegas has the Vikings favorite at the moment, I believe. That's pre-Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what's the line? Three and a half. Three and a half. And I think if Mahomes plays, that line probably switches, like just emulates, but Chiefs. I think Chiefs probably become a three and a half point favorite. Same yeah, Mahomes probably. is a huge swing. The, the the line, if he was playing last week, would have been Chiefs like by five and a half. Five and a half. Points, yeah. So it was a 10 point swing. So that's probably what it's going to be again this week, if, if at all, especially if we get some of the other guys playing. Um, other than the guys we get back. Some key guys to watch, I'd say, for the Chiefs. McCole Hardman, man, he looked good last week. And he looked really good. If he can become a weapon in this team as the season goes along, we talked a little bit about him earlier, kind of comparing him to Tyreek and how his numbers are on pace to be better than a rookie Tyreek. Well, it's kind of like it's almost coming to fruition of what we were really hoping but couldn't really say because we even talked about earlier about the wide receivers. It takes him a couple years. Yes. But he's – I don't know. He's looking good. If he can just get involved with those explosive plays, that just adds a little wrinkle to this team. Um, We're probably going to be without one of our guards. Maybe Wiley and LDT plays, but if Wisniewski has to go, he's looked solid for us. So he's a guy to watch to have a good performance. We're going to need against the Vikings. We're going to need the line to be solid because they got some guys that can get after the quarterback, regardless of who's slinging the ball. But it feels like one of those bounce-back games, man. I think so, too. And we really – Losing this game, everyone was like, okay, if we lose, we're 5-3. and three. We still have a good shot to win the West. We still have a good lead. 5-4 and four starts to get a little dire. Yeah. It starts to feel like you're up against it because we've shown, even with our guys, with Patrick, we can lose. We lost to the Colts. Yeah. We lost to the Texans. So we're really going to need to steal one here before Patrick gets back. I think just a little closing thing that a lot of people, you need to really get over the fact that we're not going to have a bye, I'd say, in the playoffs. Yeah, we're gonna be a wild. No, we're gonna yeah. be a wild card, not a wild card. Unless team. the Patriots go on a tear of losing, losing. But it's even then, the Colts and Texans both beat us, so they'll probably whoever wins that division is gonna have the head to head against us. They're gonna be the two seed. Yeah. And so we're really looking at a three and four seed, and the goal is to be a healthy three and four seed. We're gonna have to play on wild card weekend, but if we do end up with a three seed, it is conceivable to think that um, we could. Maybe host the AFC Championship game again. That's way down the line, depending on seating. But there's some good teams, and if the you know the Colts are the two and the Patriots are the one, there's a chance you know that that one could go down because there's some some teams that could give the Patriots some trouble in the playoffs. So that wouldn't be a complete out the window. That could shake out that way. It's possible for a three to host the championship game, but as far as home field advantage, that that thought is just gone. Yeah, I, I think we can. Pretty much put a nail on that coffin. The injuries just kind of took that away. So now the focus, get healthy for the playoff run, get all of our guys back. Going in fully healthy is going to be key because yeah. that's a key Keep for this it. kind of defensive resurgence. 
Oh, okay, we did mention of. the Patriots, and so you just said defense. <laughs> I did want to bring up a little bit as a closing kind of thing. Something I've noticed is we're kind of ripping off the Patriots' defensive plan a little bit because we are going to much more zero coverage, which the Patriots have been running. They've just been blitzing guys out of their mind and saying, you know, you're going to have to make the right read, you're going to have to throw it short, and you're going to have to take some hits at the quarterback position. And so they've been doing that exclusively. These past few weeks where we've been stopping the run, we have been doing a lot of zero blitz looks. So we're Spagnola's kind of taking note of what the Patriots have been doing. It looks like he is. Incorpor- Everyone should take note exactly. of what the Patriots are doing. And so he's incorpor- it is unreal. He's incorporated that into the defense, and we both kind of agreed that if we're going to get beat one way, it's better to get beat on big plays and keep our offense on the field than it is to have a running game grind us out and then keep our offense off the yeah. field. So we're more, more At least bi- it's better to watch. It's better to watch, and we're better built to win shootouts than good old-fashioned slugfests. So we're, we're running a little more zero blitz. I expect us to do the same against Kirk this week, try to stop Dalvin Cook. We'll see how the defense does, but it's going to be fun. I think it'll be a fun, yeah, fun one to I watch. Think so too. Regardless of who's in there, we're going to have a good game. So, I mean, I think that's all we got for you this week. Uh, next week, we're going to obviously be breaking down Chiefs-Vikings. We're going to be talking about Chiefs-Titans. That's the upcoming game afterwards. By then, Patrick should be in no matter what. That's kind of the timeline is he's going to play the Titans game. Yeah. So we'll have a lot to unpack there if he doesn't play this weekend. Uh, you can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google. We're on the Spreaker app. Uh, Casey Kingdom, I come out with an article every week. kind of ties into the podcast. Look for us there. But that's pretty much all we got. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good Halloween. <laughs>